0: In this episode, I bring back the cross Yas confessional. I haven't done one of these in a while, and this time I give you the story of Carrie, a closeted cross-dresser who I recently had a conversation with on Instagram, and she was gracious enough to let me share her story with you, the cross Yas listener. I also give you a cross Yas tip of the week that has to do with nail salons. I give you some listeners' responses to last month's question of the month, propose a new question of the month for the month of March, And finally, Sierra gives you a talk about coming out as Sierra at work in this week's Sierra Says. I'll admit it's a lot in this episode, but hey, it's episode 99 of the Cross Yas podcast. So, we should just get started already, huh? Yes! Yes,
1: yes, 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 yes! Cross Yes Podcast with Giselle Mirasol. Yes! Yes! Yes, yes, yes,
0: yes,
1: yes, yes,
0: yes. Welcome to the Cross Yes Podcast, the podcast that still says yes to everything related to cross dressing, sexuality, and gender. I'm your cross dressing, transgender host, Giselle Mirasol, who will be your guide to this fantastic world of cross dressing sexuality, and gender. Want to know more? Check out www.crossiaspodcast.com for behind-the-scenes extras, Q&As, and ways you can support the podcast. You can also find our Discord on our website called The Cross Confidential, where you can chat with me, Sierra, and any other Cross listener directly, pretty much 24-7. We're always there. And lastly, if you like what you're hearing, and you have your own story you want to tell that's cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender-related, but wondering to yourself, hmm, I wonder if anyone wants to hear my story, or hear what I have to say. Well, hello, you know me, and you know the podcast. The answer to your burning question is aloud, Frickin' Yas! Email me, giselle at crossyaspodcast.com, DM me on Instagram, at crossyaspodcast, or check out our Discord And hit me up, Rochi underscore Mochi pound seven, three, two, five. Looking forward to it. Happy March. Happy Women's History Month, everyone. Hope you're enjoying your month so far. And I have so much to go over in this episode because we're deep into this month with some positive outlook already in the year as far as COVID is concerned. Some, if not almost all of you have gotten your COVID-19 vaccinations. And if you haven't, because you're not part of the population that is available to get the vaccine, I think the vaccination rollout, at least in the United States, should be available to almost everyone by next month, which is April. So it looks like we all might just be able to go out once again and hang out together in public, which I'm completely fucking excited for. I think the Center for Disease Control here in the United States released new guidelines just last week saying that if you've gotten your COVID vaccine, you can do the following. You can visit with other fully vaccinated people indoors without wearing masks or physically distancing. You can visit with unvaccinated people from a single household who are at low risk for severe COVID-19 disease indoors without wearing masks or physical distancing. And you can refrain from quarantine and testing following a known exposure if asymptomatic. They do, however, say fully vaccinated people should still take precautions in public, like wearing a well fitted mask and physical distancing. You should also wear masks, practice physical distancing, and adhere to other preventative measures when visiting with unvaccinated people who are at increased risk for severe COVID 19. You should also avoid large sized in person gatherings and get tested if experiencing COVID 19 symptoms. So basically, don't be stupid. Yeah. Don't be stupid. And wear a mask even if you're vaccinated. And of course, if you're feeling sick, you should go get yourself tested. And really, just be smart about it. Don't do large gatherings just yet. And if all else fails, follow the old classic advice that if you're not feeling well, please stay home. So I'm hoping there will be some relief soon with all this COVID-19 drama. And I think we're almost there. But enough about COVID, let's get into a jam-packed episode where I will give you my Cross Yas tip of the week that has to deal with nails and nail salons. I'll also answer the question of the month of February, which was who's your first crush and why? With your responses and I'll elaborate on my response for my first ever crush. Plus, I'll even give you the new question of the month if you haven't heard it already. I'll also give you a Cross Yas confessional which I haven't done in a while with this episode dealing with Carrie's story. And lastly, you'll hear Sierra give you what life has been like, coming out as Sierra at work in this week's Sierra Says. It's episode 99 of the the Yas podcast. 99! 99! And it's a doozy. It's filled with information that I know you'll find useful. Well, again, at least I think so. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoy episode 99. now it's time for the cross yas tip of the week so this cross yas tip i'll try to keep it short and sweet even though i don't know you know me i don't usually do that but this cross yas tip is inspired by cross yas favorite guest and discord sweetheart megan and her recent trip to the nail salon she recently said this on our cross yas confidential discord she said this, one funny thing happened while I was at the nail salon. I was sitting at the chair waiting for the tech to come fill the tub with water. And I was listening to the latest episode of Across the Cross the Yas podcast with headphones on, of course. Right when the lady came, she was telling me stuff. So I took my headphone out of my ear without pausing. And eventually I decided to just turn my headphones off. And usually whatever audio is playing will stop. Not this time. Full blast out of my phone speaker at Rochi underscore mochi, that's me by the way, starts talking about trans porn. (laughs) It was one of those moments when the volume buttons didn't seem to want to work. It happened later in my car when driving my nephew around too, lol. Well, thank you again for sharing that, Megan. Sorry I showed that on the podcast, but all I have to say to that is...
1: I'm not even sorry!
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) haha. And you know what? I secretly love when more people hear my voice and what I have to say. Even if it's accidental. Even if my obnoxious ass is talking about strap-ons, sex, trans porn, or all the above. I think everyone knows I love talking about inappropriate things even when it isn't warranted. That's just, uh, well, who I am. I'm just inappropriate like that. Or am I appropriately inappropriate? Hmm. Who knows?
1: No one knows too well.
0: But her trip to the nail salon wanted me to give you this cross-yass tip. Nail salons, if you guys didn't know already, are terrific places to get a manicure and pedicure if you haven't gotten one ever. Whether you're male, female, transgender, non-binary, or anything across the gender scatterplot. Cause nail salons aren't just for girls or women. They're for everyone. Yes, you can clip your own fingernails and toenails at home and paint them yourself, but it just, as the kids today would say, It hits different. It hits different. Seriously, getting your hands massaged and cleaned as well as your toes and feet massaged by someone else feels like absolute heaven. Especially when like your feet and toes are in that warm tub of water while they add that like softening powder stuff. It feels like a mini jacuzzi down there. I don't know if it has per se to do with femininity, but I think you feel like royalty when your feet are propped up on the footrest and your hands are out like you're some princess while someone just works on your cuticles. I don't know, it just really feels nothing short of magical. See, um, I'm a princess too. Like, until you get your nails done at a nail salon, you truly haven't lived. I remember the first time I considered getting a manicure slash pedicure at a nail salon. I remember the anxiety I felt before going, because in my head, heterosexual men aren't supposed to get manicures or pedicures, especially at nail salons. I don't know where that idea came from. I don't know. Just you just would never see men at nail salons. And then when I finally got to the nail salon, my fears were only worsened when I realized I was the only male in the entire salon surrounded with a sea of just women getting their nails done. Recently, I haven't been able to get a manicure or pedicure done just due to COVID. But if you're looking to get your cuticles cleaned, I totally recommend for you to please go do so. My personal experiences in nail salons date back to pre-COVID times because to me, and again, that's just me, you may not share the same line of thinking or same line of safety, but I don't know, I just, I just don't see a reason to get my nails done quite yet because when I get them professionally done, I like to get them done to show them off, like if I'm going out to a club or, I don't know, out and showing off Giselle. And with not everything quite open yet, I don't see a reason to get them done. Yeah, yeah, I know I'm vain, but whatever. I have my reasons. I think Kirsten still gets manicures and pedicures at the local nail salon, but she does so in a safe manner. I think many professional manicures and pedicures done today, while we're still in a pandemic, are either done indoors or outdoors. When they're done indoors, sometimes the customers are separated by like a plastic barrier. And when they're done outdoors, well, they're usually right outside the door of the nail salon to, you know, comply with the outdoor component. I do recognize, though, that almost all of the nail salons seem to follow strict COVID-19 CDC guidelines like constant hand washing, regular disinfectant wipes, and obviously masks. So that's good. But nail salons are doing their best to keep themselves and their customers protected from COVID-19. But as of right now, me personally, well, I just don't see the need to get them done just yet. But again, that's just me. But if you want to get them done and you're not their typical customer, I think you should be able to go and not let fear stop you, be it from COVID-19 or your own preconceived notions about the average customer who goes to nail salons. One of my other irrational fears when I first went for a professional manicure and pedicure at a nail salon was asking for my nails to be painted with color. It used to be a shock for some of the people at the nail salons I used to go to, like the workers. I don't know. I remember one nail salon technician being like, are you sure you want color? And I'd be like, yeah, I want color. Over time, they got better at just going along with the color I wanted without questioning it, and I feel they just got used to me and some other men, or those who aren't cisgender women, ask for it. But, the same can't be said about other customers when it comes to seeing my nails being painted with a different color that isn't clear. I remember this other customer, who was an older lady, kind of shocked, and I think I heard her audibly gasp when I asked my manicurist person for color. The older lady even said to me, maybe she didn't say it to me, but I heard her say it out loud. She said, oh, wow, color, that's brave. Like as if coloring my fingernails and toenails a maroon red meant I was doing something courageous. Yeah, right. Well, I wasn't mad at her, nor was I upset at the situation, because this was like the 10th time I hadn't gotten my nails painted professionally, so I wasn't so annoyed. If this was my first time in a nail salon... I might have refused color at that time because of her remark, but thank goodness I didn't. I wasn't going to let this old lady ruin my fun. I also saw this as a perfect opportunity to educate this older woman. So when I heard her say that, I remember telling her, Actually, it's just color, and it's something I want on my fingers and toes. That's all. And she didn't say anything after that, she just kind of smirked. Which is fine. She doesn't have to like it or get it, because, well, I loved it, and that's all that mattered. She's not paying for my fingers and toes to be painted, so... Mind your business, lady! Yeah, mind your business, lady. But that's the thing about nail salons, and really, life in general. For those who cross-dress, those who identify as transgender, and pretty much anyone who isn't so-called normal. You really have to own who you are and be confident when doing things that aren't, again, so-called meant for you to do. If that means wearing a dress, or putting on a wig if you're a man, or going into a nail salon if you're not a woman, you know, et cetera. Et cetera. You just have to know what you want and be confident in doing that. Cause I'll admit, it can be really intimidating walking into a nail salon where you think you may not necessarily fit in with the other customers. Cause I mean, I don't present as Giselle 24-7 and when I go get my nails done, I mean I present as a male and walking into a nail salon can appear to be a daunting task to those around me. But that doesn't make it wrong. I think of the nail salon as a business and I'm a paying customer who enjoys their service. As long as I'm not creating a fuss or harming anyone and all I want to get is my nails done, I think it's totally okay to get a manicure, pedicure, and a color if I want it. So my cross yas tip for this week is be confident in whatever you're doing, and if you're going to get a manicure or pedicure, or even want just color, even if you may not necessarily be their typical cisgender clientele, who gives a fuck? Just go. Get your nails done and be the sexy person you know you are. And if you get the odd looks or people calling you names or people giving you weird smirks, look, unless they're paying for your manicure or pedicure, just tell them to
1: mind your business, lady.
0: Yeah, hope that helps. And if you have your own cross-yas tip that you want to share with me or have feedback with this tip, let me know. Email me giselle at crossyaspodcast.com or hit me up on discord at rochi underscore mochi pound seven three two five. Thanks. And now, it's time for me to answer the question of the month. Answering last month's question of the month, which was, who was your first crush and why? Well, here are some responses. From our Discord, Punker Girl says this, Vicky the robot from Small Wonder was my first crush. And only now am I realizing it was because I was envious of that outfit and that I didn't get to walk around looking like that. And if you guys don't know who Vicky the robot was, well, here's a little clip of her. My name is Vicky, pleased to meet you. And yeah, she wore this really cute, like red white dress and she was a robot, super cute. Next response is Chrissy. Chrissy Mono from episodes 61 and 64 gave us this response. My first crush was in the eighth grade with a girl. Yes, I identify as queer today, named Lydia. She was the cutest thing in the world. She was kind of short. She had long, beautiful blonde hair, thick thighs and curvy. And even till this day, I will always say she was the one that got away. My wife nor anyone in the world knows that I named my daughter after her because she had that big of an effect on me. Wow, great response, Chrissy. Thank you for that. Next up, we have Candace. Candace will be a future guest that I will have on a Curious Conversation In the podcast, stay tuned for that, but this was her response. To be honest, I don't remember my first real crush. In grade 6 or 7, there was a kissing club, where a group of boys and girls would hang out together, couples only, in the far end of the schoolyard and cuddle and make out. One of my friends was in it, and so I wanted to be in the club too, naturally. Well, at that time, my crushing hormones hadn't really kicked in yet. So, I think I asked two girls if they wanted to be in the kissing club together, And got rejected i'm proud of myself for at least asking come to think of it i think i asked somebody to ask on my behalf so i take it back i didn't have the guts to ask myself most of my dating life since then has been me waiting for the girl to make the first move or just hanging out together as friends and waiting so long to formally ask them out that it just becomes a thing my fear of rejection runs very deep Tying that back into cross-dressing, it's definitely why I kept it a secret from my wife until she eventually discovered it. But that's another story. Since right around the time that I started having crushes and the hormones started to kick into gear, I got a TV in my room. I bought it from my friend's brother for $50. It was heavy and ugly. It had wood panels and turn dials, but it worked. Music has always been an influence for me. And in Canada, we had much music, the kid brother to MTV. I think my first celebrity crushes were from music videos. Interestingly, I think these ladies probably influenced Candace's style today. I wouldn't say that I loved the music, but the videos were golden. Top 40 was so lame, haha. <laughs> but I suffered through the top 20 video countdown to see my favorite videos anyways. My highlights would be Gwen Stefani of No Doubt.
1: Take this pink ribbon off my eyes. I'm exposed, it's no big surprise. Sheryl Crow. If it makes you happy It can't be that bad
0: Sherry Hallowell of the Spice Girls
1: If you put two and two together You will see what our friendship is for oh.
0: And Shirley Manson from Garbage um, Now, those were just three of the answers that I got for responses for last month's question, but I'll end it with, and there are so many more, but I'm just gonna end it with my own answer for last month's question of the month, which I kind of answered last month in a chit chat I had with Sierra, but I'll kind of elaborate on my answer. So my first ever crush was Maria Ballesteros. Now, I'll elaborate by starting off and giving the story of how I met her and what happened exactly. Now, who is she? Well, again, let me set the stage. I was a second grader and she was an eighth grader back when I had a short stint in Catholic school. I remember she was the tallest girl I ever saw because well, I was in second grade and <laughs> every eighth grader was taller than me, but I distinctly remember how cute she was. And I think that was the moment I realized I was really into girls. That's all I really want is girls. On this particular day, They were pairing the 8th graders with the 2nd graders so they could go and attend Mass together. One by one, they were matching up 2nd grader to 8th grader. 2nd grader to 8th grader. And then, it was my turn. And that's when I saw her. Hi, my name is Maria. What's your name? Holy shit, Maria Balesteros looking down on my 2nd grade self while I stared at her, mouth wide open, shocked that she was talking to me. Now maybe this is just me being super hyper aware at the cuteness of her and her fashion But I remember exactly what she was wearing. She was wearing a Catholic schoolgirl's blue plaid dress, black shoes with knee-high white socks, and the cutest beret ever. You know, like the one that Prince sang about in Raspberry Beret. You know, the kind of beret that you... And I don't even know if I gave her my actual name or even an answer to that question. But I remember just having, again, my mouth being open the entire time. I think there's even a picture of us together somewhere in my parent's house <laughs> as they um i don't know as they were taking pictures of us that day and of course it had my mouth wide open but i do remember her saying well okay let's go and she grabbed my hand and i don't know i just kind of got dragged with her and i swear i wanted to marry her right there
1: Baby,
0: oh, but we walked and sat in one of the church pews together and i can recall not even paying attention to the what the Mass was even about or what the priest said because my eyes were glued on her when the church service ended I think we walked outside and said our goodbyes I remember going home that day and then finding our yearbook Which had everyone from the school in it from kindergarten all the way till 8th grade So I flipped the page all the way to the 8th graders and there she was Maria Ballesteros, Her black and white headshot photo still with the cutest beret. I had seen her wearing earlier that day so of course Declaring my love for her, I grabbed a black pen and drew a big ol' heart around her face. Actually, I think I drew multiple hearts, cause well, she was so cute that, I don't know, I thought the more hearts I drew around her face, the more I loved her. You know, that's second grade reasoning. Only the greatest reasoning there is. You're a buffoon. Then, a couple weeks later, my older cousins came over and they wanted to see my yearbook. As they were flipping through it, they called me over from another room and said, Hey, uh, Giselle, uh, why is there a big old heart around this girl Maria Ballesteros's face? Then they mockingly yelled, Wait, do you like her? Why are there so many hearts drawn around her face? And I remember blushing so hard, I think I like rammed my head into the wall because I was so embarrassed. Because, I mean, obviously it was me. I was the one who drew those hearts around her face. My cousins laughed at me, but I don't care. She was my first crush. And there you have it. Maria Ballesteros. You were my first ever crush, and damn it, if you're out there listening, which I doubt it, just know, damn girl, I really loved you. I think you, Maria Ballesteros, I think you inspired some of my earlier fashion sense in becoming Giselle, because I think my ideal Giselle Mirasol persona draws some inspiration from Maria. This small, which, I don't know, she was actually pretty small, but I mean, to me, I was second grader, she was eighth grader, so she was actually probably really small, but this small petite Asian girl who wears a beret. I know it seems stupid, but I don't know, nothing beats your first crush. Even if at times, sometimes I wish I had some of that girl's style. But those are some of the answers to February's question of the month, but it's now middle of March, a new month, and with that comes the new question of the month. And in honor of March and Women's History Month, the new question of the month is, who is a woman in history you admire or look up to and why? It can be anyone in history, can even be someone you know. But if you have an answer, hit me up via email, giselle at crossyaspodcast.com. You can also hit me up on Discord, rochi underscore mochi pound 7325. Hope you guys enjoyed the question of the month, and I'm looking forward to your answer for March. Thanks. And now, another installment in the CrossYas confessionals. Alright, so this is a bit of a different cross-yas confessional as I haven't done one in a while. For those of you who don't remember, a cross-yas confessional is where I just read a cross-yas listener's story here on the podcast that they've either shared with me and given me the approval so I can share with you. This one's kind of different though as it wasn't written out like a true confessional but it was actually a conversation I had with Carrie, the cross-yas confessional person who will be highlighted in this episode. I'm paraphrasing a lot of her story because we talked about a lot, but I'm sure she's listening to this just thankful and grateful to have her story heard to help you, a fellow cross YAS listener, with possibly your own struggle. But here's what Carrie had to say. Hi Giselle, thank you so much for your podcast. I found your podcast about a month ago and have been binging it hard to catch up. In fact, I'm amazed you actually responded to me. I have made it to November 2020, which is making it hard to relive the stress of the past fall. Thank God Biden finally took office. I'm not sure exactly how I fit on the gender spectrum as a married heterosexual man who has dressed somewhat privately and done some light drag for fun. I have come late to the party and you are helping me figure myself out in the current world and also helping me relate to my non-binary oldest child. I have very little cross-dressing experience, but like most, Tried my mom's clothes as a teen between the ages of 12 to 14 years old. But never had more than a curiosity then. It was the macho, late 1980s, and I fit the social mold for a cisgender, heterosexual guy. I had no significant chance to experience male-on-male play beyond a hand job I gave a friend once. I wanted to do more, but unfortunately, he shut me down. Sexually, I was fulfilled with heterosexual relationships then, and into college in New York City. Partially because it was the later portion of the AIDS crisis and that fear was enough to keep a guy down without a huge need to experiencing sex with other men. It wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I find a woman open enough to try strap-on sex with and holy shit, that was amazing. Well that ended and my life went back on to what people think of as normal and within two years I was married to a great woman and of course that led the way to having a family. But as my desires grew unfulfilled, I found the internet became an outlet. And what I could safely explore there, it had shown me that I am probably bisexual or pansexual. Again, without the experience, so it's hard to say for sure. And I felt less and less sexy as a man, as well as finding acceptance on video games, as a femme person has helped me express myself more fully. And I suppose I've kind of used it as an excuse to call it, Not cheating on my wife or whatever, because I'm not directly touching or visiting other people, even though it's sort of like we are basically, you know, mutually masturbating. So finally, I decided that as things weren't changing at home with my wife significantly, that I would, shall we say, take care of my own needs. But again, I don't want to cheat. So I went out and bought myself a few toys over the last, I don't know, a year. And that's been fun. And i guess there's a concurrent thing that made me more comfortable and feeling more confident in light drag i had the chance to be a part of a dad's dance group at my kids dance studio for once a year for about eight or nine years we were kind of the comic relief at the end of the dance recital every year we dads got together and rehearsed for about 12 weeks and learned a routine and did it in wigs and skirts typically and probably basically muscle shirts the woman that led the group is a riot she was great to hang out with And she made me just feel really comfortable. And you know, nobody minded because it was just like clowning around and everybody was like, oh, you're just doing this for the kids and it's fun and it's silly and blah, blah, blah. But you know, it had moments where it kind of struck me as, well, yeah, it is kind of cool. So as I got more comfortable online and with myself and doing that sort of fun stuff with the dance group, which I don't know. Just a bunch of middle-aged guys with beards and tattoos and hairy legs on stage being silly. I don't know. Probably one day we'll come back and say we're making fun of people that really want to transition, but I know that wasn't the spirit. I don't know. See, I lost my dad when I was a young teen, and if I totally come clean, I feel like I will kind of do the same to my family. I lost my dad to suicide, so I have to try to do all I can to help support those in the darkest places so they feel that they have other solutions. Being in my late 40s now, having grown up in the hyper heterosexual 1970s and 1980s, being confused and closeted and and just finding a way to make a life as we were supposed to do is more common than I expected. My wife has become more open-minded about queer people, but I'm not sure she's willing to deal with a husband who is now her wife. She has always been conservative and was pretty homophobic when we dated and were married. Now she has to deal with our oldest child who will soon be an adult that also identifies as non-binary and bisexual. Also, our youngest child recently came out to us as lesbian. Having someone to listen is often the difference no matter if they have all the answers. Being appreciated and accepted and supported is huge. What's scary is I don't think my situation is very unique. I am listening to your podcast as we go back and forth here. It's almost like I am pulling you away from it, lol, but I am a couple months behind. I love that there's more women out there today doing the trades. I look around now when I see what's possible with those around me and I'm just so jealous of people who are young at this time and I'm I'm so curious as to what I would have done were I able to have been young today. So I'm kind of stuck in place now. My kids have aged out of dance school and I'm trying to have a simpler online outlet mostly through Avakin Life to exist there as Carrie. I look online for chats with others like us but haven't found what I felt most comfortable with yet outside of your podcast. All this is true, and, and if I were more confident about my understanding of myself, I would be more comfortable being open. I do like my life as it is, and that's part of the conflict. To possibly blow it all up for a fetish would be too selfish in my opinion. And I don't think transitioning is what I want for myself. I know I want more from life, but what form that takes is not clear to me. You are right when you say our choices have consequences. And I have made choices to make my life what it is now. And I'm trying to be the best dad that I can be. And well, I have a messy enough consciousness that I have things to fix on my part as I go further in my identity ideas. Now that was Carrie's cross the yas confessional. And wow, what a story. Now reading her story out loud, I can sense the darkness as well as her apprehension. But also there was plenty of light in there as well. It was small, but it was there. From Carrie's father's suicide and her wife's conservative and homophobic views to Carrie wanting to help others find better solutions and use video games as an outlet in discovering her gender identity. I think we can relate to a lot of what Carrie talked about, because I remember what it felt like to not feel accepted and how I had to look for outlets to express my gender identity via video games or social media. And that not wanting to drop the, hey I cross-dress bombshell on your loved ones, yeah. That is one of the scariest things you can do. Or at least it's one of the scariest things you think you might do until you actually do it. Personally, I think it wouldn't be that big of a deal if Carrie told her significant other or her children about her cross-dressing and her different gender identity. Cause it already seems some of the members in her own family already understand who they are. Shoot, one is already gender non-binary and that's pretty awesome to figure out at a young age. But we're all on our different paths and I'm not here to give advice even though I just did, because, well, who knows? Sometimes my advice works. But I'll be here to help you, Carrie, and other Cross Yas listeners every week to help you discover who you are with regards to cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender, sharing my own story or sharing other people's stories, and, I don't know, just talking to you guys. But if you have your own Cross Yas confessional or you want to have your own story told like I did for Carrie, you know how to reach me, Giselle at CrossC.E.A.S. Podcast.com. Or just hit me up on Discord, where you can get more than enough support there from me, Sierra, and other cross YAS listeners. I love you all so much, and thank you so much, Carrie, for sharing that story. I'm sure your story will help another cross YAS listener out there. And it's now time for everyone's favorite segment, Sierra Says.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Sierra Says. The theme of this week's segment is out with the old and in with the new. This is something that applies so well to my life over the last few weeks as well. It's been an extremely busy time, but also a very exciting time filled with change. Change can be challenging. It fills us with uncertainty because it inherently means that experiences we've had and things that we know are being replaced by things that are new. Change can be exhilarating, though, at the same time, especially when it involves changes that make you feel like you can be more comfortable just being yourself. And that has really been the story of my life over the last few weeks. Things have been changing in such a positive direction. If I think about where I was when I started recording this segment, maybe six months ago, it's hard to imagine that by this time already, I would be sierra to virtually everyone and i would be out at work i would be just comfortable being myself so i wanted to talk through just a few of the things that i've experienced over the last couple of weeks some things that are old that have gone out and then the new things that they have been replaced by the first thing that's been going out has been my old name it has been an absolute thrill that over the last couple of weeks most people in my life and virtually everyone i've told now calls me sierra this includes my family this includes friends, colleagues. I'll talk more about my work situation in a little while. But virtually everyone is calling me Sierra. And there are many people I expected to take to it very quickly and that it would be relatively comfortable for them. But then there are others for whom I imagined it would be much more difficult. I have been truly just filled with joy is maybe the only way to put it. In terms of the way that I have been embraced by people who, for whom I thought this would be very difficult, namely my wife's family, to know that they are all so supportive and that they're making an effort to recognize my identity by calling me by my new name has been absolutely thrilling. I I can hardly even put it into words, what it means to me. And at first I didn't think that use of my name would be such a big deal, but when someone uses my name now, it just feels very affirming because it's their way of recognizing that they see me as the person who I see myself as being. And it's the simplest thing that a person can do to affirm another person's identity is call them by the name that they choose for themselves. And so to experience this change and just feel so validated by people referring to me by the name that I have chosen has been a wild ride in the sense that I didn't anticipate what it would mean to me emotionally. I didn't anticipate how fulfilling it would feel. And I'm not the type of person who will be upset if someone uses my old name. There are some people I haven't told yet, just a very few people I haven't told yet, and if they would call me by my old name, or if people would even call me by my old name accidentally, I'm not the kind of person who will be really upset about that. And there's no judgment on that front either. I know that some transgender people are very upset when people use their dead name, understandably so, but I don't even like to see it in those terms. I have been very happy with the vast majority of my life. I don't see my old identity as something to hide from. I just see this next step forward as truly recognizing and affirming the person I am. And so as my old name is being replaced by my new one in virtually all interactions that I have, it just feels so exciting to uh, watch that unfold and to experience the really euphoria that I get from just knowing that my identity is being recognized. My name has also come up in some pretty exciting ways. I have been in contact with a major financial services company, let's just say, and I will be helping them to pilot a program that allows transgender people to use their name uh, in a way that's a little more straightforward before their name is legally changed. I can't share really too many details about that now, but once that does kind of become a little more public, I'm so excited to be able to tell you all the story of that. So that was the first scenario in which, over the last few weeks, something old has been replaced by something new. However, don't worry, there's more over the last couple of weeks as well. I've also been working on making the transition to being myself a little more permanent. And so I've essentially started being Sierra full time. There have only been a couple of situations over the last couple of weeks where I have dressed up in guy mode, quote unquote, or I like to think of it now as cross-dressing as a guy. So it is on theme for a cross-dressing podcast like this. It's been an exciting adventure because I've essentially stopped presenting in that old way even when I have felt some pressure to present more masculine or just be more male at least around others it's mostly been for work situations uh, previously where I've been on like zoom calls and things like that so I would just like not have any makeup on I would I would mess up my hair and make it look like a, as much as I can I would make it look like my old haircut and I would like just pull on a guy sweater or something like that and then like i don't think anyone could really tell so i've done that a little bit over the last couple of weeks but especially now i haven't been doing that much at all and so the out the thing that's going out and being replaced by something new is my clothing over the last couple of days i actually bagged up the vast majority of my guy clothes They're now sitting in bags in my garage, getting ready to head over to the Desert AIDS Project uh, thrift store uh, revivals in Palm Springs. I'm always plugging them because I think they're just amazing, and I have so much support and admiration for the work that they do. Before you know it, those clothes will be on their way to be donated and hopefully bring happiness to others in a way that they could never really for me. And I've been then replacing those clothes with a new wardrobe I've already Filled up a closet. I filled up uh, actually several closets at my little cabin in the mountains. A closet here at home. And a garment rack full of uh, clothes and everything like that. So it's been fun kind of exploring my style, which I've talked about on here before, and just finding what works for me. And I've also been finding things that just make me feel more comfortable on an everyday basis. Not just things that are more fun to dress up in, but just like everyday clothes that make me feel good about myself and make me feel like I can be comfortable being Sierra all day, every day. And that's been an exciting change too, to really be myself all the time now and not feel like I have to go back and forth is something that brings me so much comfort. It almost got a little intolerable at the end. I It just got so frustrating, those moments where I felt like I had to go back and just be my old self for a little while. I felt like a little bit of almost senioritis, if you think back to like high school, senior spring in high school, it was like you just were coasting. You couldn't wait to be done with everything. And that's kind of how I felt with the with like last couple of weeks of like the occasional guy mode thing. It was like, I don't really have to care about this because this isn't going to be forever. But let's just wish it got done with even sooner than it, than it actually did. So, it's just a very exciting change and I'm so thrilled to just be myself all the time now. That includes being myself in a professional setting. So the old Dr. Burkhart has gone out and has been replaced with a new and improved Dr. Burkhart. So students still have to call me Dr. Burkhart no matter what. But now my colleagues know me as Sierra, and I've started being myself in a professional setting. My colleagues have been absolutely amazing about it. Everyone I work with has been so supportive, from my department chair to the people I work with most closely. Everyone has just been ready to embrace me being who I am and I even received some very nice messages from students. I didn't intend on changing my name in a professional setting quite when I did. I was making a few changes in the background, but we're about to go on spring break, which at my university is actually a break between terms because we're on the quarter system still. So I wanted to tie things up nicely where my previous students would, or my current students, since we're still finishing, would not have to kind of make the transition of thinking about me differently while I was still teaching the same class. However, things sometimes don't work out exactly the way you plan or intend. And I discovered that the name change request that I had put in was processed a little bit earlier than I expected. And earlier this week, my new name showed up on the learning management system that we use, which is where we teach all of our online courses. At first, I was, I was a little bit surprised because I, I didn't expect it to happen so soon. I, I, I had mentioned when I wanted it to happen. But I wasn't upset. I was excited to have the opportunity to then share that with my students, which I did really briefly. I received some great messages of support. And most importantly, it just didn't feel like a big deal. It's been a thrill now for the first couple of days in my professional career to be my authentic self and not worry about that. I am being Sierra on my Zoom calls, in the videos that I record, in just every capacity now. It's been the most exciting transformation and there's a lot involved with this you will not ever imagine how many places your name might be for example until you actually have to go through the process of changing it it's amazing what the process entails both from a logistical perspective as well as the emotions that are involved with that but nevertheless this is an adventure that although it is time-consuming although it has made the last couple of weeks a lot busier than they would have been otherwise, I wouldn't trade this for the world. So in this case, when I say out with the old and in with the new, I'm here for it. I'm ready for this to happen. I'm excited to see it happening. There will be some changes that will be very, very sad and painful going forward, but that's part of the journey of being my true self. And that's how Sierra sees it. And finally, the miscellany.
0: And that's it for this week, where you first heard me give you my Cross Yas Tip of the Week with nail salons. I answered the last month's Question of the Month, other Cross Yas listeners' responses, even gave you my response and a new Question of the Month for the month of March. I also gave you a Cross Yas confessional from Carrie, and finally Sierra gave you her story about coming out at work as Sierra in this week's Sierra Says. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can still support us on Patreon if you like what you're hearing you can check out our website www.crossyaspodcast.com and yeah this was episode 99 i think i'll release episode 100 before this saturday which is what tomorrow Jeez. uh which will be just another episode but maybe it will have some good stuff on there i don't know it'll be great can't believe i hit almost 100 and i'm excited to still have you you wonderful cross Yas listener as a supporter but yeah, thank you so much. And until then, as always, keep it fresh. Stay blessed. And remember, you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything. I'm just here to share my story. Have others come on the podcast to share their story, to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more.